And welcome back to another episode of Coaching with the Bible. This is episode 151, season three, episode 42. Portion of the week is the portion known as Akev, the third in the fifth book of Moses, as we are working our way to completing the five books of Moses for the third time together here on Coaching with the Bible. Our subject this week is geography, but not so much geography and simply just understanding where things are, but more appreciating the role of geography as it stands in our setting up our belief structures and systems and how we then operate and execute based on geography. Effectively, geography as a limiting belief. I spent this week with my older son in Budapest, Hungary. It was a great trip. We had a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Learned a lot, saw a lot, experienced a lot. Had some really interesting conversations along the way as well. And that's sort of the jumping off point of today's conversation around geography. Where a person is born where a person grows up, most of us, I believe, ascribe that to fate. Some would go further and say it's simply a question of chance. It's not something that is in our control. It's determined by, obviously, biological factors. It's determined by historical factors, human factors, the people in our families, how they got to where they ended up, how they met each other, where they settled, and then sort of how that brought us into the world. It's almost like predetermined, right? That is sort of that sense of fate about where we are born. Same thing with respect to when we are born. It's not something that's in our control at all. It's in fact entirely out of our control It's predetermined by so many other factors. If we want to be religious about it, then we can say that it's a a godly factor, providence. If we want to simply just say that it's random and it's simply just a question of, you know, random things happening and the collection of those random things happening, coming together. But effectively, they're all predetermined. They're not in our control. What does seem to be in our control, though, is what we then do with the geography the location of where we're born and how we interact with and deal with and manage with the time, the timing in which we are born. The reason why this sort of came up this week was in visiting in Budapest this week, learning about the history of the country, the development of the of the people of the country, and in particular for us a little bit about the Jewish community in that country, where it was, how it grew, how it developed, when it sort of peaked, and then what happened to it during the course of the World Wars, World War I, where many people of the Jewish faith played a role in the military in fighting for Hungary in World War I. The role that being a Jew in Hungary played in World War II in terms of what happened to the Jewish community seeing the sites, seeing the buildings, seeing the synagogues that are still there, one of the 
most famous sites in all of the country as a destination point is the Dohani Synagogue, which holds over 3,000 people at its peak in terms of seats. It's a magnificent structure. The acoustics were amazing there. Uh, just an, an overwhelming and eye-popping experience to sort of see it. And then right next to it is a mass grave for many Jews who lost their lives in the ghetto there during the war. But the conversation around geography for us and timing was more about the person or people today growing up in that country and how they experience perhaps learning that history and how they experience, experience physically seeing that history play out in real terms. What does it mean to be a person growing up in Central Europe in the 21st century? What does it mean to be a person growing up in a country that as a democracy or as an attempt at democracy is, you know, 30 plus years old? That went through all kinds of, let's say, trauma and trials and tribulations as a people, as a country under all kinds of different rulership, leadership from other places, the influences from foreign governments and foreign soil. So I don't like an amalgam of all kinds of things. And you wonder sort of, in my mind, I was thinking about the question of fate or the role of something being predetermined or how much control of something do we actually have? How much agency in our own lives do we actually have around all of these subjects? The ones that I was sort of thinking about specifically were geography and timing, mostly geography. How that comes up for the, in the Bible this week specifically, just to obviously our purpose in connecting it to the Bible, is that in this week's portion, Moses spends a lot of time talking to the people about the land of Israel, the land that these people are going to inherit after 40 years in the desert. Appreciating that that land is special, that that land is consequential, that that land is at the, you know, located at the meeting point of countries and continents, that that land is small, that that land is a land of milk and honey, but it's also a land that relies on divine providence with respect to water and rain, things of that nature. And so geography plays a major role in the life and the history of the people of Israel as well. And it has an impact factor that is massive. Think about it this way. For 40 years, well, let's take it in three phases. Phase number one is the time in Egypt. Phase number two would be the time in the desert. And phase number three would be the time that the people then spend in entering the land, conquering the land, settling the land. So for all the years that they're in, in Egypt, they're a slave people. They're enslaved. They have a master, they control nothing, they are powerless. That's going to have an impact on someone who was born into that. Mindset, manner of thinking, manner of operating, what you can and cannot do, what can and cannot be expected of you, how you'll experience other things once they come along. 
And so when you take the person out of Egypt, put that person in the desert, in an entirely different environment, with an entirely different leadership structure, under the auspices and, and the hand of God in that way, very obviously, very publicly so, how they react to certain moments is going to be different. The geography of it also is a factor. By virtue of not being in Egypt anymore, being in a desert environment, that changes how the community is going to operate, how an individual is going to work each and every day. Certainly, we know this from the fact that the food that they had came from, from heaven, as the Bible describes. Water came from a rock. So it's not a typical geographical circumstance. It's going to have its impact on a person. It is, on some level, fate, on some level, predetermined, on some level, out of their control. And phase number three is then, then the people coming into the land and appreciating the new geography of the new environment of the new land and the enemies that are there and all the things that are around it and what's going to be. And so geography on some level can be destiny. As Rabbi Sachs writes in an article in Covenant Conversation, geography and destiny, obviously. But the role of geography in respect to destiny is something that someone has to consider and God contemplate and to think about and how that plays a factor. But to a degree beyond that, whereas when a person exists in the world is certainly not something that they can control, where a person exists, the physical space and location of a person's life, how they build that space, how they create that space, what they allow into the space, what they eliminate from that space, is not wholly predetermined. Certainly not any longer. In an age and in a world when travel is possible to the farthest reaches and edges of the world, a person can, in fact, change their physical environment. A person can change their physical behaviors. They can change the manner in which they think, the manner in which they operate, the manner in which they execute, how they think about people, who they want to be around. So many of the factors in life are out of our control, are out of our control, but so many of them really are in fact in our control. So there's this balance between what one might call chance, quote unquote, or fate, predetermined destiny, and what we would call personal agency with respect to those things. And so how we think about those things and how we operate in those spaces is really where I'm sort of thinking about this this week, sort of the experience in Budapest this week, the people there, the tour guides that we met, other people that were around us, the physical environments, how that affects how we think about things. Just as an example, uh, I think every one of the tour guides that we were around um, jokingly made a comment of the fact that the Hungarian people are really good at losing wars. And they said it in a joking manner, but I don't think it's a joke. I don't think they actually perceive it as a joke. I think it's much more than that. I think it has a, has a, has a psychological effect on the way people exist. I don't know. I haven't studied it, but it just seemed to be something that sort of stood out. How the government, current government there sees its role Right, appreciates its role in what took place in World War II on some level to a degree, even with statues in the public sphere, trying to absolve itself of its guilt or responsibility 
with respect to what took place in World War II, that is how we can appreciate, sort of how they appreciate fate, something that's predetermined, something out of their control, something that they were not responsible for. It absolves a person often of their guilt or their responsibility or the accountability around their actions and takes them and gives them the space to not have their personal agency be called into question with respect to those kinds of things. And while it is true that we do sort of think, think that we leave things up to fate, meeting someone, significant other, you know, things that are accidents in life, life-changing events, sometimes we think that they're left up to fate. They're not in our control. The reality of it is, in respect to life, is that life is very much in our control. And that very much how we think about geography, physical proximity, is a limiting belief. We've talked about limiting beliefs many times here in Coaching with the Bible. And this is just another one as an example of what that is, a limiting belief, something that's sort of holding us back, something that, because we believe it, doesn't allow us, therefore, to go forward, to excel, to succeed, to move beyond what's in the space and what's holding us back. And so we have to do the work on, on that. We have to appreciate that while there is a role that is fate, we can also appreciate that that fate completely is not predetermined that we do have personal agency in what's going on. There's a great quote from John Maxwell, which I may have mentioned here once before. Fate is the hand of cards we've been dealt. Choice is how we play the hand. We ultimately then have choices. Those in the faith community, free will as a, as a very foundational belief, person's ability to choose and decide and determine what they're going to do, how they're going to act, where they're going to be, who they're going to love, how they're going to interact, who they're going to interact with. Those are the choices that we make. And so where there is a, you know, the hand of cards have been dealt, or let's say in this case, the geography has been predetermined, you're going to grow up in the rural parts of Central Europe, let's say, that's not definitive and it's not forever. We have the ability to make decisions and determinations about our own lives with respect to all those things. And that's the question of then what do we do with it as a leader in our businesses, in our homes, in our families, in our relationships, on our teams? How do we work on appreciating the balance between what's fate, quote unquote, and what's personal agency? On the other side of that, how do we diminish the limiting belief that we'll ascribe to geography or timing? And how will we work through that or beat through that to get to the other side where it's no longer about fate and it is more about personal agency and choice and willingness to take risk even in some cases. So that's really where this all is. And so we have to maybe think about a lot of different things. One of the things that I would think about is let's take personal role models. Let's look at people in our own lives who have overcome all kinds of barriers in life, things that may be viewed as predetermined or predestined or fate and have decided to live their lives differently. It could be people who have suffered through trauma, 
people who have suffered through all kinds of tragedy. But don't let that decide how they're going to live forward. The extraordinary stories that you read and see and hear about people who have forgiven those who have done mighty and nasty and horrible wrongs to them. It's a choice. And so the limiting belief would say, well, this is what has happened to me. This is the circumstance I've grown up in. This is what is my world. And then asking the question, that might have been true. And this is the question we've always asked, but is that really true now? Is that considerably true at the moment to the degree by which I can do nothing about it, that I cannot overcome it, that I cannot get past it? That's so I would start first with role models, have the conversation around those role models, appreciate what they started with and where they're at and what they've done to get to where they're at. The second thing I would then work on is the something that we talked about way at the beginning of coaching with the Bible is sort of the locus of control. This is the space that exists in, in, in appreciating what I do control and what I don't control, what is in my sphere of influence and what is not in my sphere of influence, right? That is super important because when I allow myself to, um, you know, to work on what I can control. This is the Stephen Covey concept early on in the seven, um, what is it, the seven attributes of highly effective people. Uh, I'm sorry, it just it escaped me. I flew back overnight. I'm so my mind is a little bit unclear completely. But that is very powerful. What do I control? What do I not control? Is something controlling what I believe completely? Is that true, really? Is something really controlling where I live? Is something controlling who I hang out with? So proximity, physical proximity in location is very important. From physical proximity in people is also important. I can appreciate that if I'm living amongst people that are savages, it's gonna be very hard to be a nobleman among savages. If I'm living among people who are hateful, horrible people, it's very hard in that physical proximity, in that physical space, in that geography to overcome and to succeed beyond that and to be different. And so I then have the opportunity perhaps to change the physical proximity and the physical space and the geography of my world. So the first thing, again, is with respect to appreciating role models and examples and really exploring what they were dealt with, the hand of cards that they were dealt with, what they did with them, how they changed it, how they flipped it. Number two is exploring this idea that we've talked about before, which is the locus of control, the things that are in my control, the things that are not in my control, the things that I can change and the things that I can't change. And then building into the space of the things that I want to do and then going about executing on those things and quickly. One of the things that I've been working on a lot with people uh, and leaders that I'm working with uh, lately in coaching is operating a little bit more quickly. As much as we want to sort of let things play out, too often we give it too much time and too much space. And so when we give it too much time and too much space, 
then it takes too much time to actually get done. And so we need to sort of work on that uh, in, you know, getting to where we want to get to. I just want to give you the right term um, for it. I think it's, I think there's, there's a, there's a oh, goodness gracious, I'm like, <laughs> my mind is not really working today completely. There's a notion in, in certainly in, in, um, in productivity about giving something too much time. Um, but I, I can't remember what it is. Okay, anyway, but the idea here is that operate on one specific thing very quickly in this. So look through the different things that you want to get done. Determine which of those things probably goes first or uh, relatedly, the two things that maybe go first and which of the two things you feel like, boom, now I can decide and I can work on right now today and get on that within the next day. So that you sense progress in moving beyond the limiting belief. You sense progress in moving towards perhaps the set of goals and achievements that you're, and successes that you're looking to create. And you sense progress towards separating and distancing yourself from these, the idea of things that are completely predetermined and moving into the space that is more leaning towards your personal agency and your personal space and personal control. Having done that, you will have done a tremendous amount of work with respect to the, the sense of what is in my control, what is not in my control, what is fate, what is not fate, what is geogra geographically predetermined and what is not geographically predetermined what is within my personal agency, what is not within my personal agency. Those three things at first, again, first and foremost, the role model examples, the people in your life who have not let certain limiting beliefs control them. Number two is establishing then locus of control, what's within my locus of control, what is not, what is in my sphere of influence, what is not, exploring those different things. And number three, acting really quickly on the one item first right away that you can get on right away. I think that is a massive improvement already on where it is. So let's end then as always with a great quote, as always, and I think it's related very much, very much to what it is that we talked about before, um, but it's this. Fate is not an excuse. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. It is not to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. That's a quote from William Jennings Bryan. I'll say it one more time. Fate is not an excuse. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. It is not to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to seeing you next week in episode 152. Bye.